space with some folks. Thank you for tuning in today and being a part of our service as we live stream to you. I know some of you are fighting COVID and getting over that. And uh, I'd call you a late bloomer, but that's okay. Uh, we're, uh, we're sad that you had to go through a week of sickness, but we just pray that you will be uh, healthy and that things will go well for you in the days ahead. We had a great time at camp. We really did. It was uh, quite a challenge with the heat, but uh, our kids really got in and, and really enjoyed it. I just appreciate the workers. Uh, Mona, uh, she's probably one that used the most grit to be in the pop stand as much as she could, and, and Debbie and, and Alex serving 800 people. That was quite a challenge. And uh, so, it was, a, it was a wonderful time and looking forward to, to next year and uh, what God's got in store for us. One of the humorous things that happened, I was walking towards the pop stand and off to the side at the campgrounds, there's a small little building that's called the Camp Museum. And out in front of the Camp Museum is the old church camp bell. It's about this big around and it's painted very white and blue and two little girls were walking behind me and I I don't know what they were wearing I don't know what color hair they had I just heard two little girls talking and I didn't look back after I heard this statement because I was afraid I was gonna bust out laughing and I I just just went on my merry way but I've laughed quite a bit since I heard what they said one said oh the bell and the other one said yes I think that's the Liberty Bell. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, I mean, I didn't bust out laughing out loud because I didn't want them to think I, you know, I just, but I, yeah, I just kept on walking. But it tickled me way deep inside. It was just so much fun. Just so much fun. I thought, well, she's been to history class at least, you know, something about a Liberty Bell. But yes. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to, uh, to Acts chapter 11. Turning the Tide. This is one of the most exciting chapters of the book of Acts in the sense that it's turning the tide. The, the, the Jewish folks who had the blessings of God, the Jewish folks who was receiving the Holy Ghost, and this chapter turns it to where the Gentiles, you and I now, are in line to receive the blessings from God just because God planned it that way. It's so exciting. And, and you see how the things are set forward. How many of you, be honest with me now, enjoy bacon? <laughs> Got a secret for you. If you go to the stores, you can find real bacon bits. Instead of the imitation ones. Because the imitation ones taste just, just a shade off of dog food. <laughs> All right. I've, I've packed a lot of dog food in my day. When I was a kid, we'd walk a quarter of a block, block away from the house, and uh, load dog food trucks at night. Uh, and so I've been around a lot of dog food. I, I can tell you what dog food smells like. It's, I mean, and after you've worked in that, the dust and the heat and the cold, and all the seasons working, um, you, you taste it because it's in the air. And so uh, we, we enjoy bacon, and 
bacon came to us in this chapter. And I mean, this is, this is turning the tide for, for all mankind. And it's so exciting to see how God worked it all out and brought it to, to, to be that way. Chapter 11 of Acts, it says, the apostles and the brethren throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them? What in the world? What in the world have you done? You're Jewish descent. You don't mess with Gentiles. But further than that, you don't go in their house. Because, you know, they're just heathen people. But then you ate with them? What is wrong with you? The power of food. The power of food is phenomenal. And it's that interaction. Because we have all the senses involved. You have the sense of smell. You have the sense of taste. You have the sense of hearing when it crunches or when it doesn't crunch. And it is a time when you are totally involved in receiving that, but you're also involved in communication. Meals are awesome. Some of you women are pretty tired of cooking meals, but sometimes the simpler meals is more fun for everyone because there's that interaction. How important is that meal? You know, this is the... This is a major monumental change in history that has taken place when Peter goes into this house and eats a meal. The meal is such an awesome experience. You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. How crazy is that? What is wrong with you? You have broken all of our tradition, all of our culture, all of our teaching of Jewish faith, we don't mess with Gentiles, they're considered dogs, keep away from them, and you went in and ate with them. How important is the evening meal for a family to get together, turn the TV off, set the phones aside, oh, I just stepped on toes big time. It doesn't matter, I'm going to tell you the truth. The evening meal together in the home, speaking to one another, is absolutely vital. It's the first key to keeping teenagers in the church house after they graduate high school. That's how monumental it is. If a teenager goes to church and spends at least five meals a week with mom and dad interacting and talking without video, without TV, without phones, yada, 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 80% chance that they'll be in church after. Well, I'll take that back. It's not even It's 100% so. Because only 20% of our teenagers are having that type of experience. And only 20% of our teenagers stay in our churches after graduation. Now, true, at 35, they may or may not come back to church because they're trying to raise their children and they want their children to have a relationship with God. Even though they haven't perfected their own, they want to give it to their give their kids an opportunity. How important is a meal? It's vitally important. How important was it 
for Peter to walk in there and sit down with a meal. It's saying, I totally accept you just the way you are. There is this common denominator that takes place that just going into their house would have been one thing, but he ate a meal with them, and so he's on totally friendly terms with them. There is a communication that's taking place that could not have taken place anyplace else except around the table of dinner. Peter began to explain everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying in a trance. I saw a vision, saw something like a large sheet being let down from, from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth with wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. He just spoke something to all those who were criticizing him for going into the Gentile home. He was declaring, guys, I was just like you. I was just like you. I, I, didn't, I didn't eat those things that were questionable. Those things that, that, as our faith in the years past, have said, you can't eat these. But this voice said, get up, kill, and eat. And I, like you, said, no, no, Lord, I... I can't do that. Nothing, I can't do that. Nothing impure or unclean is ever. He connected with them. They were saying, he's speaking our language. The voice spoke to him, spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then it was all pulled up into heaven again. Do you understand? Guys, this isn't something that's happened one time. It happened three different times, all at the same time. God really wanted me to hear the message, and I had to listen. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. You see, that the news had traveled ahead of Peter, and everybody had already started their plot and their plan on how they were going to question Peter. Peter, you're out of your cockpit of mind. You don't do what you just did. You went places where you shouldn't have done. You ate food with people you shouldn't have ate with, and, and you are out of your cockpit of mind. What is going on? Rather than Peter saying, you know, I'm just going to be on the defensive, and I'm just going to answer all their questions. No. He said, I'll answer the question, but I'm going to tell them exactly what happened and let them know that I am a part of them and, and what has happened to me it could have happened to them, but it didn't. It happened to me, and I have to tell them. And so he, rather than be on the defense, took the offense and traveled with the story. He had to tell them exactly what had happened. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation. So not only did he get the opportunity to eat bacon out of this story, but it's a total change. The tide is totally changing 
about who God wants to bless. And it's just never happened before like this. It's never happened like this. And so it's brand new. And it's just unbelievable. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. The Spirit of God says, go with these people. Let the power of God touch you as you travel with them. For I have a message for you to carry. He told us how he had seen an angel appear. Praise God. An angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter, who will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. Angelic message. Now, not only is Peter having a supernatural uh, dream and vision coming down on him, but there's an individual who has received the calling of God, the direction of God to go find this man and have him come to your house and experience his message that your household may be saved. God in his miraculous, this is hallmark. This isn't just something that happens. When the tide is turning in, in the body of Christ, in, in the plan of God, there's a, there's a major turn in emphasis of God ministering to the Gentile as well as to the Jew. He'll bring you a message. As I began to speak, I, I love this. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come upon us at the beginning. He's saying, this isn't something that I dreamed up. This isn't something that just happened. This is something that God ordained. God planned this. God purposed this. And as I was speaking, the Holy Spirit came on them. It doesn't say that he was able to give a three-point message into an altar call. It says like maybe, it seems like it's his preaching his first point of his message and the Holy Ghost shows up. What's going on here? Well, What's going on is, is the group of people that's in this house are all God seekers. They were wanting to hear from God. They wanted to hear what God had to say to them. And they was experiencing the anointing of God and they loved it. There's nothing like praying and the peace of God showing up. The peace of God brings comfort. The peace of God brings energy. The peace of God brings visions and dreams to come to pass. The very presence and the power of God. As he began to speak, the Holy Spirit came in. And there was a holy hush that came in, if you would. There was a time of the presence and the peace of God. And then I remembered that the Lord said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had already begun to receive. They begin to speak in tongues in the middle of his message. And so now he's recanting and telling the story. This is what's happened. I want you to know that it was Jesus said that John would, would baptize with water, but that he was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And it was going to be a tremendous thing. He gave them the story with excitement as, as it truly happened in his situation. 
So God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think I could oppose God? And he's asking the Jews that's condemning him. How, how, do you, how are you going to oppose God? I didn't pray for them to feel the Holy Ghost. I was preaching. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them just like it did with us in the beginning. Now, how are you going to argue? You can't. There's no argument to that. It is just the factual truth. The Holy Spirit showed up. And as I'm still speaking, they begin to speak in tongues. And they are anointed of God. And, and let me tell you, it all comes because Jesus said it was going to be that way. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could oppose God? There's a lot of people opposing God today. The fact that you're here today, you're telling me that you're putting your life on the line. You're putting your testimony on the line. The world does not want to hear that they're sinful. And you living for Jesus is telling the world that they're sinful. You coming to church is telling your neighbors they didn't desire to go to church. And you'll say, well, are they opposing God? I believe they are because if they weren't, they'd be here for some place of God-fearing people. Hadn't thought of it that way, had you? You just thought they was good people. Well, hell's going to be full of good people. We have to come to grips with the fact that Jesus saves souls. And he wants us to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. And then goodness comes out of that relationship with God. But so many people think, well, if I just do good things, I'll be all right with God. I'm going to make heaven doesn't say that. It says, love Jesus with all your heart, body, soul, and mind. It says, repent of your sins and ask Jesus to into your heart. And the good things happen out of a relationship we have with the Lord Jesus. So how could he oppose God and how can we oppose God by looking at this testimony of what God did miraculously? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. They had come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony of moving of God. Now those who had scattered by the persecution of connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the great news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. It's so exciting to see that the power of God's grace moves upon people and they begin to do the things that they must do to experience the blessings of God. The Lord's hand was with them. When we begin to reach out and to share Jesus with others, we can know that the Lord's hand is with us to 
because he wants to empower us with the ability to let others know their love, even though they're sinners. We don't have to tell them they're sinners. They know that. But they need to know that they're loved by God and they're loved by us. News of this reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas was a Jewish person. He was a faithful, God-fearing man. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, you see, there's an evidence of the grace of God. He saw that. People's lives are changed. Their attitudes are different. They do things differently. They live differently. Their mouth, their language changes. It is amazing how the grace of God appears and, and falls upon people. And he was glad and he encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. The fact that I, I work in the pop stand, it requires me to go to the kitchen quite often to get products that we need. And I'd gone down late in the day uh, for, the, for the kitchen crew, as the pop stand crew works till late at night. And uh, I was down there getting some, some product and one of the young men who was finishing up, he said, yeah, I'm done for the day. So I, I'm, I'm glad for you. And so I said, what, what have you been doing? He said, well, I'm here for the summer. I'm going back to, to junior college and looking about being possibly a music major and, and going to college and trying to get that all figured out. And, and I really would like to be in ministry. And so I was just a wonderful time of interacting, encouraging him and, and uh, walking in faith and telling him about avenues of ministry and things that he could consider doing with his life. And just commended him. Say, keep living for God. Let the power of the Holy Spirit pray through you. I said, are you involved in that? He said, yes. I said, every day, let the Holy Spirit pray through you. He said, yes, sir. I believe in that, and that's what I'm doing. And I said, God will lead you. God will direct you. And uh, I just want to tell you that I'm proud of you, and uh, keep on going. And it's exciting to see young people who have a work ethic. You don't work in the camp kitchen and get by with goofing off. There's a lot of work to be done in the kitchen. When you're trying to put 800 servings together at one time, it takes many hands. And this young man had worked hard all day long because there's no goofing off. There's no time to goof off. You've got to get the work done. And he, he, had, he has a call of God on his life. And I was able to encourage him. And here's, here's, here's a Barnabas coming to the church, and he's observing what's going on. And, and he's encouraging them. He re remain true to the Lord with all your hearts. He said, you guys have got something here. Now continue in it. He was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. When we encourage one another, God is blessed in that. And when anybody can be negative, anybody can, can give sarcastic remarks. But to encourage people and lift them up is so important. Then Barnabas went to Troas to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Christ-like. And we think, oh, that's so beautiful. But it was their persecution words. Oh, it's those Christians. It wasn't, oh, Christ-like. No, oh, they're trying to be like Christ, you know. It was a very derogatory term, just as today, when people say, well, that's just a bunch of Jesus freaks, you know. 
no account. And so they were called at Antioch Christians, and it was a derogatory word. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judah. And this they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. As they were enabled. God doesn't require anything out of you except what you're able to share. I love God's plan and purpose when it comes to offerings and giving. And, and it's just that simple 10% of whatever God has blessed you with. Whether you're a millionaire or a pauper, it's 10%. And when you let go of 10%, God's anointing and blessing flows to your life and helps you have wisdom on how to be a good steward on the 90% that's left. You see, because of Pentecost, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of, of the total tide changing from the Jewish faith to the Gentiles and the Gentiles beginning to, to help the Jews realize they could come to Jesus. They were scattered but they were chosen. They were scattered by the persecution. Stephen had been stoned to death and they didn't want to be stoned to death. They left where they was at, but you can't keep their mouth shut because the joy of the Lord is their strength. They are blessed beyond measure, and they can't fathom. They can't fathom keeping their mouth shut when they found Jesus, and they found this anointing, and they found this power that when they speak in tongues, it gives them the ability to stand up like a huge man and to present the gospel to anyone who will listen. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives you that emboldenment. It gives you that ability to speak. You're not timid anymore. But you stand up and you share your faith. And you say, if you want us to get up in front of people and preach, well, you're doing it every day anyways. A great theologian once said, always preach, use words when necessary. Our lives preach. You're in church this morning. You're not at the mall shopping. You're not at the grocery store. You're in church. You're honoring God today with your time, your talents, your resources. You're preaching. Says, no, I'm not. I'm not a preacher. You're preaching. You're letting people know that Jesus is important in your life. And others see that. You've got to wait in line at Walmart. Your language isn't rough like other people's language. People see that. They sense that. And it's a powerful message. Because anyone can get angry. It's how you control your anger is the key to living a Christian life. And allowing the Holy Spirit allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. I had someone this past week tell me that they were really struggling with anger. I said, well, here's the key. I said, whenever you get angry and you're, and you're getting ready and your jaw's getting tight and you're getting ready to say something, say it! Praise God anyway! 
And I said, when you say it, the first time you say praise God anyway, the, the, the muscles in your jaw are still tight. But you just continue to keep praising God. And what happens is, is that you are expressing praise to him. His presence comes alongside of you and helps distill, helps to calm, helps to level out. Because the truth of the matter is, about 90% of the things we get angry about, 100 years from now, it's going to matter a bit. <laughs> but if we get angry, it, we lose the ability to concentrate and do things properly. It's important that we surrender our anger to God and say, God, I need your help. And when you're saying, God, thank you anyways. God, give you praise. God, I'm upset. He knows that. But you recognize the fact that you're angry. You're giving it to him. Say, God, take this anger away from me. I don't need it. It's not going to help me get the job done. Release me from anger. And as you continue to give God the praise, guess what? The devil loses because your carnal flesh gets angry and the devil jumps on that and wants that so that your preaching is ruined. Well, look at that. Is that what you call a Christian? Look how they're acting out there. It's so important that we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us and that we yield to the presence and the power of God Almighty and that simple thing of being angry. We simply say, God, I give it to you. God, I give it to you. And know that God makes a way God makes a way. The tide is turned in this chapter for you and I. Things begin to look up for you and I. We begin to get the blessings of God as the body of Christ that we wouldn't have gotten unless God sent a sheet down with all these animals on it. Like I said, I love bacon. And uh, that was the determining factor. Call nothing unclean that I've called clean. And so we surrender to God. And he directs our paths. But it wasn't just the nutrition things changed in their lives. It was the fact that God was speaking to a total change of all society. At the cross, at the cross, where I first found my Lord. At the cross, it's level ground. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter what dialect your language is. The cross is level ground for you and for me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the tide turning in God's plan for mankind. And Lord, when the Holy Spirit began to stir and fall upon the Gentiles and they begin to let Jesus be Jesus and they begin to let the presence and the power of God Almighty changed their lives. A lot of things happened for the good. And Lord, we realize the nutrition part changed, but more than that, all culture changed. The rules of mankind became minimal, and the rule of God became maximum. And everyone was able to be saved and filled the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And Lord, that has not changed throughout the years, hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, we are still in the process of seeing people come to know Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking in tongues that empowers them to be greater witnesses, that gives them a boldness, that edifies their inner soul, that gives them a peace that nothing else gives. 
Holy Spirit, as we pray today for those listening at home and those in this sanctuary today, Lord, I ask that you would give us a heart's desire to say, Lord, show me. Lord, I don't fully understand how I can move my tongue and speak a foreign language and it makes me feel good deep inside. I don't understand that. But God, you're supernatural. So Lord, help folks that are saying that very thing I don't understand. Help them, Lord, to say, God, if it's real, show me. God, if it's real, fill me. God, I believe that you are the God of the universe and there's nothing too difficult for you. And I yield my body, soul, and mind to you. And Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on Calvary's cross for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for bringing healing. But Lord Jesus, thank you for being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I make myself available. I make my tongue available to give you praise when I'm angry, to give you praise when I'm happy, to give you praise when I'm in between, to give you praise when things aren't going well at all. God, that's called a sacrifice of praise. And God, we will praise you no matter what. And in the process of praising you, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the heaven speaking in tongues, and life still has problems. But we have a great anointing of the Holy Spirit that illuminates the Word of God to us in a greater way, that teaches us the Word of God in a greater way, and brings the Word of God back to remembrance. All the work of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, may we not back off, but may we move into the presence and the power of God Almighty. Lord, I pray for those today that are fighting sickness and colds and flus and COVID at home, God, that you would empower them with great strength, deliver their bodies from all sickness, all infections in the name of Jesus, all inflammations be gone. Bring healing, Lord, to those that are facing surgery, God, that their body would prepare for healing. And God, give them an appetite for foods that will bring healing. Bless doctors and nurses and those who prescribe medication, God, that it would be the proper thing for healing. And God, thank you for loving us and helping us. And Lord, I'm grateful for those who have been faithful to share uh, their tithe and their love offerings with the church. God, thank you that you have poured out your spirit upon this group of people, and they are being blessed by God Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon our lives today. And may your blessing continue. May you multiply. Multiply back, Lord, to those who have given. Multiply back to them in great numbers, Lord. And may they be amazed at the power of God Almighty touching their lives, transforming them for the glory of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you for viewing at home with us. We're going to continue our altar service here. Would you stand with me today?